0: Your midweek. Oh, gotta get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your midweek. Oh, get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your midweek. Oh, gotta get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your
1: midweek.
2: Welcome back to our last, for now, episode of Midweek with LFCD. My name is Gray, and I am your host. It's great to have you with us once again. We'll start by heading straight to my back porch to follow up with Michael on some Q&A questions we didn't get to on Sunday. Let's head on back. Welcome back to my back porch, Michael. Good to have you here again. Lovely to be here. We have three questions left over from Sunday's Q&A we were hoping we could get some more thoughts on. We're going to start off with one you touched on a little bit. Uh, It asks... How do you point out to a non-believer that their frustrations leading to a lack of gentleness or kindness is a misplaced confidence?
1: Yes. Uh, So I touched on this on Sunday, and my general answer was to do so gently, to use a little bit of, drop a little bit of grace, drop a little bit of truth. Let them think about it and kind of keep helping a person walk forward from that, uh, complicated by the fact they don't share uh, your or my, as if we're, if we're Christians, our sense of what's most important in the world. So it's not going to be an all at once kind of thing. And I thought later about that. The exception really there is, and when I think you can be sort of more direct and spend a longer time with somebody, is when the thing they've put their confidence in fails them and, and shows that it is not worth and cannot sustain the weight of our lives. Uh, for example, a, a, uh, the, the idols that we go after, money or power or sexual allure, these kind of things. When they have clearly shown that they are not worth the confidence we've placed in them, that's really an opening into someone's life where you might be able to speak um, in a more prolonged and direct way about the hope you found in Christ, where they may really be open to hearing that. And so I just I thought I'd pass along that additional additional thought here on your backboard.
2: That's a good thought. Uh, so moving on to question number two, and this one's a doozy. Gentleness and kindness are parts of other religions, such as Buddhism. What differentiates Christian kindness and gentleness from uh, those things in Buddhism?
1: Yes, or other world religions, and that's a that's a fabulous yeah. question. I'm gonna let Gray uh, say a few <laughs> words. So. I heard a writer once describe the early chapters of the Bible where we rebel against God, what's often called the fall. I heard someone describe it as a shipwreck, that we had this beautiful ship of Eden and we ran it into the rocks. And now uh, what we experience is the shipwreck of the world that God created. Good. And so if you think about the shipwreck analogy, it doesn't surprise me then that a little bit of Eden has floated into every culture of the world. And a, and, a, and a hunger for God has floated ashore into every culture of the world. So it does not surprise me when I see things that look like living under God's care or that um, look like a hunger for God in any culture within the world. That doesn't really surprise me. But to, directly to the question, what are, is there a difference between Christian kindness and gentleness and the kindness and gentleness that, that other cultures or world religions might push for I suppose my answer would be on the face of it, there, there may not be a ton of difference in how it's experienced, but I do think there's a big difference in the why behind it. And the why behind it from the Christian perspective is, as I kind of talked about on Sunday, it's a deep confidence in God's love for me. So it's not a kindness or gentleness that originates in my actions. It's a kindness and a gentleness that originates in God's actions towards me and, and how I internalize and feast on that deep in my soul. The other difference I would point out is that the kindness and gentleness of the Christian faith is primarily about how kind and gentle God is towards us and towards the people that he's created and that we are we are God goes first and we are replicating or we are going second in response to God's kindness and and gentleness. So I hope that makes sense. It's an excellent question and I'd be willing to, to talk more about it with folks who would like to. Good question and a,
2: a, a satisfying answer. Uh, the last question. Uh, if we are struggling to find the rest that Jesus offers, um, how can we practically seek this if we're also feeling burnt out on religious practices? And how would you explain the difference between a spiritual discipline and a religious practice?
1: Yes, I'm firing up my car, if you can hear it there <laughs> in the background. Uh, This is in reference to the passage where Jesus says, Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, that's the thing that connects two critters, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So the rest Jesus is offering is sort of a deep soul level rest, that you and I are not ultimately vulnerable, and that in fact our relationship with God Our being reconciled to God does not depend on us. It is a gift that we receive, and it's not a gift that we can lose because we didn't earn it in the first place. It's a gift that we receive, and Jesus does not let go of us. And so that's a deep soul rest that I or you as Christians are not ultimately vulnerable. That doesn't mean the day-to-day we won't sometimes feel tired. We won't sometimes feel burned out. That's certainly the case, though I don't believe that's what God would most want for us. And so this is a question about what's the difference between spiritual disciplines and religious practices, and I don't know that there's a huge difference in them. Um, spiritual disciplines are things like prayer, fasting, serving, uh, giving to the church or giving to the poor. Uh, these sorts of things, reading the Bible. Each of those are important things that kind of focus. That they strengthen us. They strengthen our uh, Christian faith muscles. They are, I don't uh, kind of a. A structure around our relationship with God that keeps us in the relationship even when we don't feel like it. So those are all good things. But sometimes religious practices, spiritual disciplines, going to church, being at church on Sunday mornings, uh, at 10 a.m. on live stream or Facebook live, free endorsement. Those sorts of things can start to feel like a weight on our shoulders instead of an exercise to strengthen our muscles. And when we, they become a weight on our shoulders, sometimes it's because we've forgotten the core truth or our soul has forgotten the core truth that our rest is in Jesus and His taking ownership of us, His calling us home, not in anything we've done. And even the spiritual disciplines we do are not earning God's love or proving to God we were worth His love. They are simply strengthening our muscles, giving a structure to our relationship to, with God so it can keep growing even when we don't feel like it. All that to say... If your spiritual disciplines, your religious practices are like a burden on your shoulders, I would encourage you to go back to the why behind it all, which is Jesus' deep love for you that you didn't earn, you don't deserve, and he will never uh, take away from you. There's occasionally wisdom in switching up your religious practices or your your spiritual disciplines to kind of I don't know, uh, upset the system a little bit and and remind you of this. The best example I have is like a sabbatical. After I served the church for seven years, I got 10 weeks of a sabbatical. So for 10 weeks, I was encouraged to not do the things I normally do. But at the end of those 10 weeks, I went back to doing the things that I normally do. So if you were going to take kind of a sabbatical of a specific spiritual discipline or religious practice, I would say do it with a friend who knows tell a friend you're doing it and will hold you accountable for starting it again on the agreed upon time so this is not always a good idea uh but every once in a while if something is just really weighing you down that might be something something to consider as a way to jump start um or kind of disrupt in a in a redemptive way your your spiritual growth. I, I hope that makes sense and again would be willing to talk more if for some reason it did not.
2: That's some good practical advice. Mm-hmm. Well thanks Michael for taking some time to field these questions and we'll look forward to the Q&A this Sunday. We have another musical gift to unwrap this week, this time from Hollins Worsley. It's an original song she wrote called Seed of Sorrow. Here's Hollins.
3: Hey, Lake Forest Davidson, it's Hollins live from my kitchen floor (laughs) where I'm sitting with my guitar and gosh, just really miss seeing y'all in person. Um, I can't believe how long uh, it's been since we have been together, but I'm so grateful for the ways that we get to connect and this podcast has definitely been one of them for me. So it's an honor to get to close us out um, as the musical guest today the song I'm going to share today is one that I wrote during the time of quarantine. Um, I think a lot of us are feeling an interruption We're feeling a lot of hurt, a lot of heavy emotion. And sometimes it's easy to ask the question, can anything good come from this? Can God take this and bring joy out of our sorrow and out of our hurt? Um, And that's a question that I was kind of asking myself when I wrote this. And I guess I'll just say that, spoiler alert, yes, (laughs) I've experienced that God takes all the heavy things and he somehow miraculously, beautifully, mysteriously makes them beautiful again, Um, no no matter how heavy or how dark it is. So That's where this song came from. It's kind of in a place of real hurt, but also in real hope. So I hope that it meets you where you are. I love you all.
0: Feel the rain Kiss my face Gracias. say. I D- yeah.
2: Thanks, Hollins. That was incredible. And another thanks to all of our musicians for the time and the heart that they put into preparing music for our podcast these past few months. Our reading for today is another good one. It's from a book called The Reason for God by Tim Keller. And here Tim shares thoughts on some of the miracles of Jesus. Reading for us today is Benji Guyon, who dared me to leave his intro in there. So Benji, here you go. Today's reading
1: to Little Gray Seekers. We modern people think of miracles as the suspension of the natural order, but Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger, and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just proofs that he has power, but also wonderful foretastes of what he is going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just a challenge to our minds, but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. Thanks,
2: Benji. Our scripture today is from the 77th Psalm. It's one of my personal favorites. Reading for us today is Davidson's student Izzy Pilot. Here's Izzy.
4: Psalm 77 from the New International Version. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind, your lightning lit up the world, the earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Amen.
2: As we close, go knowing that God sees you, in the midst of the waters that God saw us, in the midst of the darkness that God sees us. And here in the midst of a pandemic, know that God sees us and is with us. Because it is in trusting that, and only that, that we can find peace. So go in peace. Well folks, that wraps up another episode and closes the book for now on Midweek with LFCD. Hope you have enjoyed this Midweek Touchpoint as much as I have these past 10 weeks. I look forward to seeing you all soon. So thanks again for tuning in.
0: To get your midweek, yeah, 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 yeah.